Focusing on the how allows you as the founder, as the visionary to focus on the what. Figuring out the how, making it easier for work to get done, making it clearer for how to get work done. This is what allows you to scale. This is what allows you to move faster. This is the key to doing more with less. Welcome to the Managing Made Simple podcast, where I bring a decade of experience working in some of the most influential companies in tech to help you navigate the ins and outs of being a people manager. From conflicts to feedback to delegating and more, we will leave no stone unturned when it comes to what makes us love managing, kind of hate it, and everything in between. Doesn't matter if you're a new manager looking for some tips or a seasoned manager looking to up their game, everyone is welcome to hang out with Managing Made Simple. Let's go. As a team leader or business owner, you're no stranger to wrestling with some of the toughest situations that come up as a manager. But sometimes you need a little bit more support and you don't have the time to spend researching on the internet or taking a bunch of canned trainings. That is why I am so excited to share the Managing Made Simple Hub, your one-stop shop to everything you need to be a great manager. The Hub is an interactive community offering a monthly live Q&A Ask Me Anything call where you can bring up anything that's top of mind, along with curated resources and tools, monthly challenges, exclusive discounts on my services, and conversations with experts. Best thing is, there's no long-term commitment and you can hop in and out anytime. Sign up today at leahgarvin.com slash hub, and I cannot wait to see you in our next live Q&A session. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited about today's episode because it is literally a masterclass in how to do more with less, how to increase engagement, productivity, and profit during lean times. Small business owners, founders, entrepreneurs, this one is for you because I know you want to keep growing, you want to keep scaling, even when times are tight, even if you can't hire. And the secret to doing that is making it easier to get things done on your team and in your business. So let's set the stage. You are ready. You are bought in. Maybe you have a small team and you're feeling like you're on fire. But as you hire a few more people, that ease and flow used to feel, well, it's not quite there anymore. Or you're still involved in all the decisions, which you kind of like, let's be honest, but you also kind of thought you wouldn't have to be as you grew your team. Or you're not totally sure what everyone's working on and how people are spending their time and certainly aren't sure if we're moving at the pace we could be. And maybe you've spent so much time on hiring, you have some great people in place, but with all the change and uncertainty going on, you're worried you might lose people and how that might slow you down. But if any of this sounds familiar, then this is the conversation for you because this is what I have been hearing from so many of the small business owners and entrepreneurs and founders that I've been working with over the past several months. And I'll tell you, these are the kind of things that I've been thinking about as I've been growing my business and thinking about hiring up and scaling. What if this and what if that and how do I know? When you're an entrepreneur or a founder or a visionary, your eye is on the what. You've got that vision, you've got that strategy and you know what direction you're going. But what we think about often less is the how. How are we gonna get things done? How are we gonna make sure things are clear to our teams? How do we know if we are going in the right direction? All of that is what I am here to help you with because that's my jam. And if the word process makes you wanna barf, then you don't have to worry about it because I eat process for lunch and I'm gonna help demystify it a little bit today and simplify it for you so that you can go back to your team and say, I am gonna make things easier for you. And the way I'm gonna do that is boil down the top things that you need to think about before growing your team into six core focuses. 
And these six focuses are what make up my ops playbook program or my billion dollar ops playbook for million dollar businesses, which distills all of the learnings and findings that I had over a decade in the corporate world where my job was literally to build processes to make teams jobs easier. Boiling all that down and sharing it back with entrepreneurs and business owners and, and founders, because I thought to myself, why should the corporate world be the only place that has clear processes around how to get things done? And what power would entrepreneurs have if they understood how to scale faster, if they had this meat behind the how so they could focus on the what? And that is what I'm bringing to teams in my Ops Playbook program. That's what I wanna talk about today. As you're listening, take some notes, but then let's have a conversation because I will support you hands-on in mapping out your own Ops Playbook so that you have an operating manual for getting things done on your team. And anytime you have a new team member, you hand them that document and they know how to get things done. And again, if you're sharing it with an existing team, then they know, hey, this manager, this leader is out for me and my success. They want to make it easier for me to be successful on this team. So let's dive into these core six areas you want to focus on before scaling or that you want to fine tune as you continue to scale your business. The first one is onboarding. And to talk about onboarding, I want to set the stage of one of my onboarding experiences that really showed me the importance of a successful onboarding. Years ago, I got a job where I had to move up the coast, okay, 800 miles away from my husband. He was still in school, so I had to go myself. I rented an apartment. I moved to a new city. I didn't know anybody. And then I started my first day on this job. I was so excited for the job. This was an opportunity of a lifetime. And I walked in the door, and one of the amazing admins helped me find my desk and helped me get my computer set up. But then I waited all day. Nobody else came to say hi. My manager wasn't there. I got there around eight o'clock and I think 4.45, I said, well, I guess I better go home. And when I drove home that night, I said, why did I move here? What is this? Is there a future for me? Like, what have I done? And I felt terrible. And this set the worst tone. I mean, seriously, this set the worst tone for this job. And I'll tell you, this happens so much that we get to a job and we're excited and then our manager doesn't show up for us. Our team doesn't show up for us. Now we don't need to build the best onboarding experience in the world, but we need to do better than that. And when I talk about onboarding, it's about thinking, how do you want a new team member to feel when they start working in their company? Whether it's remote, whether it's in person, how do you want them to feel? Do you want them to feel excited, motivated, like they can hit the ground running, like you want them to be there? Then there's certain things you need to do to show up for them. Things like being there, you know, being, if it's remote, being there, able to answer questions. Maybe you have a coffee chat or an intro meeting or lunch together, whatever it is, setting them up with a buddy, someone to answer questions, having a document ready that has some links of things to dive into to research, whatever. But you got to do something. When someone starts, they're going to be deciding right away on that day if there was a future for them at that company. And if you don't show up for them, then the answer is probably no. Number two is priorities. When I talk about priorities, I don't only mean what the priorities are for the team, but how those are communicated. And I think a lot of times when we're the visionary, when we know so, so clearly, like, yes, obviously that would be the priority when two things come up or they seem like they're competing for attention. Of course, we know which one to do. Our team members don't always know what to do. And this can create a real disconnect. And I've been on countless teams where the priorities kind of seem like one thing and then it sort of shifted or some competitive need was in a different place and we had to shift. And it was in the manager and the leader's mind of how to go and how to move forward. But it wasn't clear to us. Until you have over communicated 
What are the priorities? What are the priorities for that year, that quarter, maybe that month, maybe that week? Until you have communicated at that granular of a level, you can't totally be sure that everybody's on the same page. You want to write that down. You want to map that out. You want to talk about, well, how do you weigh and assess trade-offs? All of this stuff kind of encompasses that process around how priorities are set. And that's going to help make sure people are on the same page and can make decisions on their own if that comes up. Number three, expectation setting. We all know, you know, people can't read our minds, but as a founder, as an entrepreneur, we are busy, we are on the go, and we don't always have the chance to set expectations. But when we don't set expectations, people don't know what success looks like. They don't know what we want from them. They don't know what we need to communicate up the chain. Setting expectations really means how do you want information to flow through your company? How do you want to be kept informed? What does success look like? What does done look like? What does good enough look like? All of these things are important to share with your team because it's different for everyone. And I think a big part of this is communicating what is your style as a manager so that people can show up and meet you around those expectations. Hey, I like to be hands-on. I want to be updated at this interval. Or, you know, I want to let you run with it and you just tell me when it's done. Those expectations are completely different. And our team members are probably going to bring in whatever they had before from their manager. So we want to be really clear on what we expect as a manager so that our team members can show up for us in that way. Number four is work tracking. Now, work tracking is probably the biggest one that makes people want to barf when I talk about process because people feel like, oh, if I'm tracking my work, I'm being monitored, or I feel like a cog in a machine, or, you know, I just want to use the system I use. It's often a post-its or, you know, a list on a notepad or whatever. This is not a tracking system that allows you to have insight into how time's being spent. And when you're talking about communicating a process for work tracking, I will tell you, because I have been there so many times, this is really foundational in the work that I did in program management. We have to explain why, what is the why behind it? What is in it for the people using the system? And I remember one time I was getting a design team onboarded onto a work tracking system that the engineering team was using. This was in a tech team. And getting designers to use an engineering tracking system is a pretty big lift. I'm just going to tell you that if you're not familiar. Now, this is people who, when they see the user interface of an engineering tracking system, that makes them want to barf because it's often function over user experience. So like literally entering the tasks in is, is a whole other beast. And how I got people to use the system was to explain to them why it benefits them. That, hey, when you enter your work in, this helps me get your work seen in front of leadership. This helps make sure I can get more resources if we're short-staffed. This makes sure that you are getting visibility for your work. All of these things were reasons that benefited them, so they were incentivized to use this tracking system. This went from being the bane of my existence to something that I love to onboard teams on. Because tracking our work and having insight into how our time is being spent, this is actually liberating. It allows us to really free ourselves up from all the angst of how long does this take? Can I get it done? Can I do more things? And, and it allows us to really demonstrate that we trust our team members. So the shift really here becomes work tracking is not about not trusting people. It's so that we can really trust them to be creative and free with their time. Number five, making decisions. As a founder, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, if you are involved in every single decision, well, you're not able to scale, like plain and simple. And a lot of times when all the ideas in our heads, then we have to make the decisions. And as the person at the helm of the ship, yes, there are a lot of decisions that we should be making, but there's a lot of decisions that we don't have to be making. And this step in the process mapping is about writing down and thinking through what decisions do you absolutely have to make 
and which ones can you let go of? This might take a little bit of mindset work to, to remember that you can let go of a lot more than you maybe realized. And if you can't yet, this is a reminder that you need to build up that bench. You need to build up your leaders so that you can offload things. Maybe it means you have to hire someone else or you have to be training someone more or coaching someone more, but making sure that you are not only the bottleneck for all decisions, that is going to help you move faster. Last but not least, performance management. And if you're thinking, well, performance management, I don't need a performance review tool. I only have four employees. This is about all of the things that come together when we're talking about career and performance. This is where pay comes into play. When do I get a raise? When do I get a bonus? This is where we know what's my future. Can I have a different title? How do I know that I'm even doing a good job? Performance management, I think, is one of those that we forget about as entrepreneurs or small business owners because we have a small team, because we talk to our team members a lot. We already feel like we've told them the process there, but oftentimes we haven't. This came up recently when I was talking to a business owner who shared one of her employees were always asking, hey, you know, I did this project. Can I get a promotion? I, I finished this thing. Can I get a raise? And she was asking her this question all the time. And she said, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, it's yes, no, you're not going to get a raise every single week. And I said to her, well, have you had a conversation about really at the macro, how performance management works? You know, when raises come, when bonuses hit? And she realized, no, I hadn't. So we talked about taking a step back and having conversation with the whole team about, hey, here's when we do performance reviews annually. We're going to have a conversation about how you're doing. Promotions will be talked about in that conversation. Any adjustments we need to make. Here's when we do raises. Here's how we do profit sharing so that people didn't have to wonder and be waiting to find out. I think when your team members are waiting to find out when they're going to get more money or when they're going to get a bonus or if, they might eventually start looking for another job because all that uncertainty can make us feel like, well, do I really have a future here? We want to make sure we're having that conversation up front. And really part of that onboarding process, number one, the onboarding process probably should include all of these elements. It's sharing this playbook that you'll be mapping out and then all these elements of, hey, how do we set expectations? What does success look like? How do we track work? How does performance management work? How are decisions made? How are priorities set? All of this is the conversation that we want to have with teams, either at the outset or at regular intervals so that we make sure people are clear on how to get things done. Now, I said it at the beginning of the conversation and I'll say it again. Focusing on the how allows you as the founder, as the visionary to focus on the what. Figuring out the how, making it easier for work to get done, making it clearer for how to get work done. This is what allows you to scale. This is what allows you to move faster. This is the key to doing more with less. So if you're thinking, well, I kind of have some of this stuff or it's good enough. Okay, maybe for a little bit of time. But I will assure you, when you are trying to get to that next level, when you're trying to go from seven figures to eight figures or eight figures to nine figures or even beyond, this is going to come up. These questions are going to come up and you are going to want to be ready with all of this documented so that you can hand it to someone and say, here, go for it. Hit the ground running. Now you know how to be successful in this company. And that's what I'm so excited to support you with in my program, Billion Dollar Ops Playbook for Million Dollar Businesses. Because across six conversations, we will dive into each of these different areas, talking about what really applies authentically and uniquely to your business. And then behind the scenes, I will document what are your key processes across these areas. At the end of the program, you will come away with a completed team operations playbook and a strategy for implementing on your team, enabling you to get out of the weeds, back into your zone of genius, and keep you in a state of flow, efficiency, and profitability, even during these lean times. Ready to get started? Email me at hello at leahgarvin.com and let's do this. That's all I have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Managing Made Simple podcast, where my goal is to demystify the job of people management so that together we can make the workplace somewhere everyone can thrive. 
I always love to hear from you. So please reach out at leahgarvin.com or message me on LinkedIn. See you next time.